0: Listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. And unfortunately, Charlie's not able to join us today. We are live at the gathering. For those of you who don't know what the gathering is all about, this is a a conference just for Wesleyan pastors and Charlie's in charge of all the main sessions, and so he's doing he's, important stuff. For he's enough. doing important stuff, and so he can't be with us. But we have a an amazing guest. His name's Mike McNeil, and Mike's been a college professor at Kingswood University for a long time, forever, and, <laughs> forever, so <laughs> almost how, forever. No. For,
1: so, how long have you been at Kingswood? <laughs> this is actually year thirty-nine for me. You gotta uh, be like kidding I, like me! I started when I was five years old, but,
0: yeah. <laughs> right. That's good. So, no, I, started when I, I started
1: when I was 25, but I looked about 15, and then it just kind of <laughs> went from there. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. So tell us some of the stuff that you've been doing the last 39 years as you've been experimenting with youth ministry uh, and in the college setting, but also in urban settings and speaking at camps and all kinds of stuff like that. So tell us some of the stuff that you've been doing in the youth ministry world. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, first of all, I came uh, like out of a totally non-Christian background. Like, no. didn't go to
1: church at all. Just uh, kind of grew up a good. Uh, I'm, I'm Canadian, so I grew up a good, good Canadian pagan boy, yeah. uh, and uh, just. My only experience of church was really like weddings and funerals that kind of thing huh. and, uh, maybe christmas was, or uh, easter uh not even that not even not that. even that like a really um like no, my you dad, were a pagan my, yeah my dad was my dad was raised really strict catholic he had like religion shoved down his throat and he rebelled against that and so he he kind of raised us to not go to church oh, and wow. so then i kind of rebelled against that but <laughs> that was your teenage rebellion
0: by going to church
1: well no and i was when i was 24 <laughs> i had this like radical conversion uh where i uh, i got tricked into going to a church on a friday night and the, and one of the one of the uh, like the founders of wesleyan youth ministry jimmy johnson i remember jimmy was, johnson uh, yeah he was like a he was wild a hero. he was like a wild character in yeah. the wesleyan church he was preaching uh, i thought at the time that every wesleyan preacher was like him i didn't know that he was like an anomaly but <laughs> anyway i had the classic <laughs> Bill that of was your introduction to wesleyanism uh, yeah. was classic Jerry. Oh Billy Graham experience of, uh, you know, I walked in, I got tricked into going to church. How did you get tricked Fr- going to
0: church, though? Well, I mean, it, it was it time. was like,
1: honestly, like... Uh, hey, let's go right, hang out Friday night. But no, well, it's like a Friday night. I'm going out to a club. My wife, who has recently become a Christian, so our, our marriage, we're in our first-year marriage, and it's kind of splitting apart because we're living two totally different lives. She's going out to church on Friday night. I'm going to a bar, uh, and, and, like, I'm flicking around local cable TV... And this guy comes on and he's got like this, he's got kind of like a, like a stand-up comic kind of vibe to him. And they say he's a pastor. And so, so I yell out to her in the other room. I was like, Hey, there's this pastor on TV and he's funny. If you were going to see a guy like that, I'd go to church with you. She poked her head in the room and said, that's the guy who's preaching at the church I'm going to tonight. So you're coming to church with me, buddy. So I, I like, I roll into the church with a really bad attitude. And uh, and it's the classic story of like he starts talking and, and it's like, how does he know about my life? How does he know like what I'm feeling on the inside And at the end, I've never been in an evangelical church where they have an altar call or a response or anything like that and then at the end like I'm tracking with him like it's like the whole the whole audience has faded away. it's just me and him and I'm tracking with what he's saying and then all of a sudden uh, at the end he says, if what I've said has made sense to you, I want you to like come up front and pray. And at that point, I'm like, "Oh, like, what kind of an idiot would stand up in front of all of these other people?" You're go actually thinking that. I'm You're thinking th- that as I'm standing up. No, no way. And I'm the only one who's standing up. And I'm the only one who walks forward. Sure, so
0: your body I, is in contradiction to your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. It like, and I don't moving. know how you
1: work that out theologically, but that's what i would like. <laughs> and I'm walking out front, and I'm like, I'm inside. I'm going like. God, you better be as real as these Christians say you are, because if you're not, I'm going to be really ticked here, right? Wow. And I get up front. Uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I just kind of kneel down. Uh, He comes over and and says a prayer over me. Uh, I I immediately lose my voice. Hmm. Like, I can't say it. So afterwards, people are coming up to, like... And you can't talk. My wife wife can't believe that I went forward. She's, like, in shock. All these church people are coming up going, like, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel? And I'm just going, like... I can't talk, <laughs> you can't talk. And, and it's like 45, we, we drive home and it's like 45 minutes and you can't talk uh, before I can talk again. And, uh, and then I, that, that night I went to sleep. Like I remember smoking a cigarette cause I don't know that that's not a good idea yet. I'm smoking <laughs> a cigarette like, and thinking like, I feel totally brand new. Like I feel like the whole world has suddenly gone from like black and white to technicolor Wow, and, uh, and i and i as i'm going to sleep i'm thinking i wonder if this is just like a, a like an emotion and i'll wake up in the morning being the same old right, person right and uh, that night i had the only like dream that i know for 100% is a divine dream from god in the dream i in the dream i'm actually sleeping in my bed so the dream is like a mirror of what's really going on but in the dream all of a sudden the whole room fills with this intense bright light Okay, and in the dream, I know that that represents God, even okay. though I haven't read the Bible or anything. Like right, I, I just know that that represents God. And in the dream, I I fall out of bed and I fall right on my face before God, and then I wake up, right, and I'm like, I'm like, it's real, baby, it's real. Like you know, it's like, and honestly, like I've had God That's and amazing. I God and I have had our differences.
0: <laughs> you know, win? we Does we we've had discussions <laughs> about things.
1: He always wins, <laughs> but I can honestly say that like. Like that presence, like the, his presence yes. has never left yes. me. Like that, that was like From a, that day a turning point. Yeah, I was a different person. Like obviously you have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, so I've, I've, I'm finishing off like a master's degree in English literature. At the time. Uh, at the time. Uh, and, and, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I should probably go like up to that Bible college. Uh, you know that's not very far from my house and, and uh, that I never heard of before this but now I I know I'm now aware, aware of it, of it. I'm aware of it and so I like I should maybe take a Bible course or something. So I go up there, they're losing an English professor and they find no. out that like I I I am this young guy just finishing this master's degree and like before I know it I'm I'm like totally non-church background. I'm a Christian for six months and I'm signing a contract to go teach at a bible college no way you know? yeah and so no was like, way
0: yeah. what and a so great story
1: and so that that's kind of where i come from that's my background yeah. and then I, I just gradually like i honestly didn't know eddie that like i just read the bible and i thought like well all i read the book of acts and i was like well this is what it's supposed to be like yeah i didn't know that all christians just uh, yeah, like, read just, the bible and obeyed it you, you just like do ministry yeah right so i was like well, okay like let's do the stuff and uh, you know, by the time let's, let's be like Paul and Silas but, and but, go on
0: missionary journeys.
1: By the time I realized that that wasn't absolutely like the norm, it was too late. I was already, <laughs> I was <laughs> already committed.
0: I was already hooked. I would already <laughs> had the virus. Right? And yes. like, uh, there was no turning back. So you know, the crazy thing then this 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 um, this dream. And this presence of God became like an anchor for you then. Yeah, that moment
1: is like an anchor in my faith, right?
0: Okay, so an interesting story here. Jimmy Johnson, right, which is part of this whole story here. Um, You know, I look at him as like the father of youth ministry in the West St. Church. You know, he was out speaking, going to camps, and, you know, had that massive youth group at Skyline and stuff like this. Well, come to find out, when he was a little (laughs) kid— He was in my dad's church in Alabama. Okay. My dad was getting a master's degree at the University of Alabama, and my dad was pastoring, and um, Jimmy Johnson and his mom, okay, was a part of my dad's church. And at 12 years old, Jimmy Johnson walked the aisle down to the altar at the end of one of my dad's sermons and became a Christian. Okay. And lo and behold, you know, like full circle in terms of like his influence, you know, yeah, in your and you life, in my life, and yeah, others. Yeah, and you know that divine chain. Like, if you trace that through, it's really interesting
1: because, uh, like, I don't know if you know Derek Idle. Derek is, yeah, uh, yeah. Derek, uh, like, teaches at Liberty, teaches youth and yes. the Liberty. He's a, like, a, he's had a really powerful, and, and like, uh, I actually found out, like, uh, I found out that that I was speaking at a youth camp in North Carolina when when Derek came forward wow. and, and made that same, you know, and so you can see this, uh, you know, a guy comes from California to Eastern Canada, mm-hmm. uh, impacts this person's life. Then the, uh, this person gets turned on to Jesus. This person flies down to North Carolina, mm-hmm. impacts this. And so you can see that, yeah. how God uses people in this divine chain yes. that you're not even aware
0: of sometimes. Like you, years later, you find out all these connections. Right. right? And, and, yeah. it, and it's so cool how God works. And moves and uses different people and then there's this this connection like it we, we often call it kind of the pastoral coaching tree right you know because you have you know they always talk about different coaches and their coaching tree of pe- their people they've mentored and where they're at now you, we, you you have this massive pastoral coaching tree in a sense so well I've been I've been like at I've been at the at Kingswood so long that I have
1: like literally like this at the gathering here I've met Students from the '80s, the '90s, the 2000s, the t- you know, like right up until <laughs> so people words- graduating a couple years. So I've got like this, yeah. And these are all people. You know, we all play a little role, but but you like you, you just meet people and you see them flourishing mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. see uh, not every story is a happy story. You see like all kinds of things happen in people's yeah, lives, right. but but there are those good stories where where. You see people just like lock in and serve the Lord. You know, Long term. Long term. They're in it. They're in it for yeah. life. Yeah. And yeah. God's
0: used them in amazing ways. Yeah. 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 So
1: I, I started out as like an English professor. And then I just, I started doing like all this ministry on the side, like going to prisons and just doing all the street ministry and stuff. And eventually the school just kind of took notice and they were... Um, and Orville Butcher, who was actually mm, another great legend yeah. in the in the Wesleyan Church, right? He had come to Kingswood, which was Bethany at the time. He had come there for a two year period to kind of be like a campus grandfather. And he took That's the president. Awesome. He took the president aside, and he and he pointed me out, and he said, "See that guy over there?" And and the president was like, "Yeah." And he goes like, "Just ask him what he feels God calls him to, is calling him to do." and then just create a program around it, like whatever wow. he, and so. In other words, then, just release him. Yeah.
0: To do what God's called him to do.
1: And so the president took my wife and I out for coffee and said, if you could like do anything, if you could create any kind of a program here, what would it look like? And I just started thinking out loud of like an outreach program uh, where we took, where it wasn't, you weren't just learning in your head. Uh, or you weren't just being moved in your heart, but you were actually like, you were actually doing ministry. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were learning to do ministry, doing ministry at the same time. So it was right. like head, hearts, and hands all moving, moving like in tandem. And uh, he was just like, he was just like, uh, let's do it. And wow. so we, and, and so I, that's, that's kind of basically how I ended up. Uh, like now I, now I run a, like an outreach program. It's, it's basically like a BA in ministry or an AA in ministry with a with a major in in outreach mm. community outreach like outside of the church that kind of
0: thing. wow yeah. and part of that you know you've done a lot of urban ministry yeah a lot of urban okay. a lot of overseas okay yeah so tell us a little bit about some of that urban ministry stuff overseas ministries what are some things through the years you have you have learned and how you've seen God work in incredible ways yeah I've I've actually got a couple of books that that I've written that are they the book of
1: just books of stories of yeah. God. Uh, how God works in unusual places, using unusual people, yeah. doing things that sometimes stretch our faith, yeah. and even sometimes things that like maybe we even think he's not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like real-life stories that I've gathered over the years uh, of, of, of God working. And uh, a lot of them are in urban settings, prison, prison ministry, or cross-cultural settings. But uh, I guess the biggest thing I learned, when especially when I first started doing... Uh, a lot of ministry outside the church is like God is everywhere. And he's a lot bigger than we think he is. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And he, his presence is, the Holy Spirit is always at work. And uh, and when you show up in a place that looks really dark, like God's already there and he's already working. And, he's, and he can do things that will really mm-hmm. stretch your faith. Yes. Uh, things beyond, you know, beyond you. and uh, And he'll work in and through people. Who uh, you know? Who might not fit into the traditional mold yes. of what we think
0: of when we think of Absolutely. think of the word Christian or you know or whatever. Yeah. So, how would you respond to people who say things like, "Because I hear this a lot too, this idea of hey, you know, I want to follow God, I want to, I want to, want to do, I want to obey Him, I want to do what He's, you know, what He's called me to do, and those kinds of things, but you know, I, I, I just want to make sure, you know, it's safe." Or parents right. who are concerned about their kids going in ministry. Yeah. You know, hey, we, you know, God's not going to ask you to go anywhere where it's not safe. Right. Well, how, how would you respond to that? Well, I, I that, love the, that, you know, I love the, tension. I love
1: the, the C.S. Lewis Aslan thing where it's like, you know, is he, is he, <laughs> yes. but they ask if Aslan is safe and it's like safe. So <laughs> no, of course he's not safe. He's good. <laughs> he's good. But he's not, but he's not safe. He's tight. a lion. Yeah. <laughs> a so lot, I've had that. Safe. I mean, I had that, uh, like all of my, I have, I have four daughters, four kids are all, they're all serving Jesus. Uh, and I, you know, when, when they were young, like we took them to Harlem, we took them to the inner city, we took them and people would say like, how can you risk your kids like that? And I was like, no, that, that's not like, I'm showing them what drug addiction really looks like. Not the Hollywood version. Mm -hmm. Like I'm showing Mm -hmm. them the end, you know? And so like, actually I think, you know, in the long run, it's more dangerous to overprotect your kids. I agree. Then to take them on mission and, and have them do, see what God is doing.
0: And, and get uh, their hands dirty.
1: And get their hands dirty yeah. and experience like experience God on their own and yeah. see God doing. Like I remember my my daughter Laura, who's now a missionary in Haiti. We were in Washington, DC. We were we were feeding these people over this ministry uh, called Sunday Suppers feeding these people. There's one guy he's all strung out on drugs and, and Laura and her friend, they're like fifteen, they take some food over to give this guy and uh, you know and they give him food and they pray for him and stuff and, and then when we get when we're leaving and we're getting back in the van. Laura's like having doubts, like, are we even helping these people? Mm-hmm, like, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then we're there about like six months later. The same guy walks up. He's all cleaned up. He's volunteering with the ministry. And he, he sees Laura get out of the van and he goes like, there's my angel. And he tells her this story wow. of how he, when Laura walked away, he said to himself, I'm tired of living like this. If that little girl believes that I can change... And she says, God believes that I can change. Maybe I can change. Mm. And after we left, he went up to the leader of the ministry and says, you got to get me into a program. The guy immediately put him on a bus, sent him to a camp that they have to get people out of that environment. He got a, So when we met him, he was volunteering with the ministry. He had gotten off drugs. He had become a Christian. He was being reunited with his, with his kids. Oh, my goodness. Who, who, uh, who he had been uh, you estranged know estranged from. from. The next time we met, we went and met him again. He brought his daughter, who had been estranged. His daughter was a professional photographer. He brought his daughter to meet us. And she took pictures of him and Laura together. And, like, that is a, like, you cannot. What a great story. You cannot, like, no amount of Sundays is going to yes. have that kind of yeah. impact. in it. Have a, that kind of conversion in, a, in that a, In a 15-year-old's
0: life, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, and, yeah, exactly. Because she gets to see God at work. Yeah, so she's know. like, God is real and God yeah. can change people. You know? I remember I, mean, I, took a, I took a group of students to inner city L.A. And I remember um, we were talking about, you know, you're trying to, re, you know, one, you're trying to convince the parents it's going to be okay, yeah. right? And you're trying to encourage the students to go. And I can remember one parent came to me and said, "You know, there's no way I'm going to let my child go. He's going to do something stupid. He's going to get killed." You know, right? Um, and and so he didn't go. And then it was interesting. We went, and um, one of the ministries we got involved in and kind of um, did some stuff with, it was Nikki Cruz's ministry yeah. here in, in L.A. And um, you know, they they were it was they had a rehab center. Um, with all these homeless people and drug addicts and things of that nature. And so they had a rehab center in their church. And so, um, you know, the, the people there in that rehab program, you know, filed into the church service and we, we sang and had a church service and gave some testimonies and did all stuff. Then afterwards they said, hey, we're going to go out on the streets and do some street ministry. Do you want to go, go with us? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So I took all my kids, and we followed them and drove to this particular, like, location in the city. And there was another church, too, that was there experiencing kind of the same type of missions experience, urban ministry. And um, they stayed in the van because it wasn't safe. Right. And all of our kids got out. Yeah. And went into—not not alone. They didn't go by themselves. They went with people from their church that are used to doing this street ministry. And they went down the alleys— you know, with the the cardboard boxes right. and the little fires, and, and 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 able to do some ministry and <laughs> is stuff. <this> Mike McNeil, yes, <laughs> it's <this> Mike McNeil. <laughs> is the Charlie, Charlie? Charlie is Charlie, Charlie, Charlie right now. is showing up. Charlie has showed up. <laughs> You're he's, talking about Mike McNeil and Eddie Shikley in the same podcast. <laughs> Yes, bro. Where where did I get this? Oh my goodness, Dude, this unbelievable! Is right here, and Mike McNeil is a legend. Can we call this a new podcast, Legend and Legend, <laughs> with Eddie and Mike? How about Legend, Legend, and Legend since you like <laughs> came in? Bro, we love the, you, man. How about the three
1: amigos, amigos? <laughs> or the three stooges or the <laughs> three, <Yeah, that's
0: laughs> right. three musketeers? All, All right. right, three are something. You something here, man. All right, thanks, See you, bro. thanks, Charlie, for coming in and bombing us. Appreciate it. And so, you know, we get out of the van and we're experiencing this ministry and it, it it totally changed and transformed our students' lives. Oh yeah. You know, and then they did this like preaching on the corner. And, and is is really cool because it was kind of like a movie because, um, you know, massive apartment complexes and all the windows started coming up. Yeah, they're listening, right? They're, and yeah. they, they're leaning yeah. outside the window yeah. listening and they're preaching English, Spanish, English, Spanish, English, Spanish, back and forth. And we're watching this and we're participating. And we're hearing this and and it, it, it totally, I mean, the trajectory of our kids, I believe. Yeah. I think we had 12 kids on that trip and eight of them ended up in ministry. And, and then I can remember filing back in the van and then looking down the street and there's the other church, never got out of the van. Uh, yeah. And they that's a good symbol,
1: right? Of like yeah. two different ways you can approach, yeah. you can approach your Christian life. Get, do, do you want
0: to get your hands dirty yeah. and be the hands and feet of Christ? You know,
1: and, and parent, I like I have this conversation with parents sometimes, but like, Jared, we're like uh, we were scheduled to go to New York City and 9-11 happened. Yes. And uh, I had a parent call me up and uh, so you're like, you're not going, right? And I'm like, oh no, there's more reason to go now than yes. ever. And, and this parents was like, would you take your kids like, to <laughs> you said, New York? And I was like, actually, yeah, my daughter, is, coming. <laughs> my daughter, Rachel is in the program right now and she's coming with me. So, yeah. And so that was like,
0: <laughs> great, great question. Great answer. <laughs> right. And Ra- Rachel's
1: a pastor now. Like, <laughs> right. so, but, uh, yeah. So did, but, this, the, did the child go? Did the, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, a lot of pushback from the parent, you know, but, uh, but the student she, went. she was at that age where, you know, like, she's like, well. Sorry mama I'm going and yeah. uh, and we just had like a phenomenal you can only imagine yeah, that but right. like the openness you know incredible tragedy but the I've never seen I've never seen the openness to the gospel in New York City or probably even in America there was like a six months to a year window there where it's just like the people I agree. were wide open. Well, yes. Uh, really, know, church, searching really searching for. Really yeah. searching. Churches full. Yep. Turning to God. Uh, it was just awesome. Yeah. Exhausting
0: and awesome ministry. Yes. We didn't sleep much that week. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Okay. So like the, talk a little bit about the overseas stuff. Like, how, yeah. many, I mean, I, how many countries you've been to? I've been to about like about 40. Okay. Uh, you know, wow, so, uh, you know, that's and a lot. lot of
1: them are repeats because I, you know, I go back and forth contacts same trips. there. And I, you know, I tend to, uh, I always try to do like, I always try to have something new for me every year. So I have a fresh experience, but I, I'm kind of, uh, if I'm taking a big group, I want to make sure that I'm taking them into a good situation. Mm-hmm. So I usually take them mm-hmm. to kind of a, a contact that's tried and true that I've like mm-hmm. tested. Uh, before and so, uh, so yeah, and I, I find a, like a, a lot of similarities between like inner city culture and village culture, mm-hmm. and uh, and just the uh, honestly, sometimes getting outside of Canada and the U.S. is like it's like a you're like it's like entering Bible times, and it's like a breath mm-hmm. of fresh air, and, yeah. and you you go to yes. uh, there's like there's just a, there's something that that God is doing in Central and South America and Africa. There's there's a thats movement big time. The, the, God's in my, the spirit the Central, South America, oh, Africa, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, so I, I was just, I was just talking to somebody before uh right before our talk here uh, about Honduras. I've gone to Honduras a lot in the last couple of years, and there's a, uh, you know, Honduras is is like riddled with gangs, uh, but they have the and they have this rule in um, in in the gang world, it's called blood in, blood out. Mm. You have to shed someone's blood to get into a gang, and the only way out is, is like, they kill You're, you. Yeah, yeah they yeah, kill you. Yeah. you yeah. But in Honduras, they have they have such a respect for Jesus within the gangs that they have this one exception. And I think this is so biblical wow. and so cool. They say, if you really want to become a Christian, we will count Jesus' blood in place of your blood. No.
0: Are you serious? And we
1: will let you out. But you better be serious about it. This is not a jailhouse conversion. We are watching you, and if you are just, like, playing... We will come and kill you, and so like it adds oh a my, whole new, oh my a whole new level to discipleship, right? That it's is kind of like yes. yeah, So, I so literally literally the gang, die. the gang, go. The gang recognizes that Jesus is a different, he's a different king. It's a different lifestyle. It's a different gang. And if you want to join Jesus' gang, they will let you go. So I have a pal there named Cesar, who uh, he's a he's a lay pastor, uh, grew up in a gang. He's got all the tattoos. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Spent time in prison. Uh, the, the, he he get out of prison. The, the gang the gang let him go because he wanted to be a pastor, and uh, and so now he's a he's a pastor of a church, and uh, get this his his day job is is being a prison guard. And, oh my uh, goodness! And so he's kind of come full, right, full full circle. Sir. And, in I, and I've gone in, I've gone into prison with him, man, and we've seen we've seen God move. We've seen like a couple years ago we saw like about eighteen young gang members just like give their life to Jesus spontaneously. We were supposed to be playing soccer, and it broke into like, it broke into like a Jesus a Jesus party instead. That's amazing, uh, you know. And and it was primarily through, he was my interpreter. But at a certain point, I was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm just a novelty act. You don't need me, you know. Like preach the gospel and uh, <laughs> like and uh, just go full and, and, Spanish. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, just go for it, man. And so, uh, yeah. So you know, we I've seen God do uh, some incredible, incredible things in in countries like. Honduras and, and Haiti and Peru and, mm-hmm. you know, just some of the
0: various places I've well, been to. What's interesting to see when you start traveling around the world to see what God is doing around the world, and there's... Um, yeah, we are an anomaly here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I yeah. think you're right. We are not the norm. Mm-hmm. No. And it's, it's it's like we're, I don't know, 50 years behind Europe. Right. In terms of a, a godlessness, you yeah. know. And, and Canada and,
1: is even ahead of where you guys are, yeah.
0: like... You still
1: have a, a fairly. A hangover of Christianity. You, you do, and, and Canada is at the point where it's just, that's gone. Yeah, yeah. completely. So,
0: yeah. Well, I, I'm wondering, if, you know, some people say, hey, the seat of Christianity has shifted or is about to shift. Yeah. No longer in North America or in America, but it's moving. Where would you say that's moving to? Would you say Africa? Would you say Asia? Would you say South America? Yeah, God I God's doing some really cool yeah, I would things. Say like all of those places. Yeah. I would
1: say like it's it's definitely like on it's definitely south, uh, and definitely not in the more eastern than, than west. Mm-hmm. And even uh, you know even in places like even in places like China, uh, like mm-hmm. I. I did some uh, some ministry in China, and uh, which is which looked like it was opening up to the you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely open to the gospel, but it was it was like it looked like it was opening up to to more freedom, and then suddenly has gone the other direction again. There's a lot of persecution in the church and stuff, but yeah, there is. I worked with uh, the underground church there, and a, a pastor named David. Uh, and, and David just casually, I was like, I was making conversation. I was like, have you ever spent any time in prison? And he was like, oh yeah, like prison is our Bible college. Like <laughs> pastors here go to prison, like, you know, and, to go get educated. Um, yeah. Yeah. To so like, and we spend time with the Lord and that's where, you know, we get, we develop this, yeah. the, the endurance of our faith. And so, uh, so I was like, I was uh, like, tell me more. And uh, he told me this wild story. It was like, he was in prison for like, for like three years. And, uh, and he was, he had the same guy every day. They would drag him out of his cell and take him in this guy, would try to talk him out of his faith. And he actually started feeling bad for the guy. The guy was getting pressure from his superiors because this guy was not breaking. And, uh, and wow. so he said, uh, he said to, the guy, to his persecutor one day, like, look, it's not you, it's me. Like, I just love Jesus and I'm never going to like, I'm never going rege- to reject him. him, but you're a really good persecutor. So like, and they, oh. he said that like, you <laughs> know, you're, you're good at him. Your job, right? And the guy gets so red faced and so mad. He just, he literally ordered the other guards to take pastor David out and take him out of the prison and throw him into the street. And so they threw him into the street and he just got up and dusted himself off. And went home and like walked into his house and his wife was like, you know, and, and he's been out ever since. And he just went right, he just went right back to pastoring, you know, and the level of, the level of, of commitment and resilience Mm -hmm. and those kind Mm -hmm. of things. It's next level. In those, in those those heroes of the faith that none of us are ever going to really know or hear about, you know, or, or, uh, you know, they're not going to be on big stages, but, uh, but they're, they're the real heroes of the faith, for sure.
0: Yeah. I yeah. remember we, we were doing some, um, we were I'm probably familiar with Voice of the Martyrs. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we were living in Bartlesville and that's where the headquarters for Voice of the Martyrs. And we used to take my youth group down to the warehouse and we would pack these, these barrels. Okay. to And they would ship them all over the world for different stuff. And this particular thing, we we're packing clothes and, um, and coats in these barrels. And they said hey do you want to see a video of why we're doing this and i was like yeah that'd be great be great for students to kind of what's the why behind this right and so um after we kind of done a bunch of these crates and barrels and stuff they put on this video and we're watching it and these pastors were speaking, and evidently what was happening is in the mountains of Peru, these communist guerrillas would go through towns, and they'd kill all the Christians, and they'd kill the pastor and stuff like that. And they would ransack the place and steal everything. And you know, they're up in the mountains, and they're cold, and they don't have, any, they don't have clothes, they don't have coats, and stuff like that. And on the video, it says, the pastor was speaking and says, you when the communist guerrillas come through here, they're going to kill me. But once they kill me, somebody else is going to come take my place. And once they kill that person somebody else will going to take their place. And when they kill that person, somebody else will take their place. So that the gospel is always preached in this village. Right. Completely different mentality. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. it, it reminds me a little bit of Paul, you know, in Philippians, where he says, wow, you know, it's hard for me to choose right now, you know, between life and death. You know, I, I, I if you kill me, I get heaven. If you don't get kill me, I get to preach Christ crucified. Right. You know, and it's a catch twenty two. I don't know which one I want to choose. You know, it's that. Whereas here, we would always, we would always
1: choose Disney World, right? Like we would always go like (laughs) since we're in Orlando, yeah. We would always choose, like, where's
0: where's where's Main Street? Where's (laughs) where's the where's the the castle? I want to. That's where I want to go. Okay, last last question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, um, a, a huge part of our audience are young pastors. Okay, so. When we're talking, what's a word of advice that you would give to young pastors, um, you know, some type, type of practical ministry thought or experience? What's a word of advice you'd give to young pastors? Yeah,
1: I would just say, uh, you know, I, I think the whole emphasis of, of the conference that we're at right now is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. just being like thriving in the Spirit, being open to the Holy Spirit. And, uh you know, and and it's and it's and it sounds cliche, and you have to figure out exactly what it means. But like, but like, ultimately, all ministry comes down to just the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and if we uh, if we can if we can let God frame our picture of who He is mm-hmm. and what He can do, if if we uh, if we get our hands out of it and uh, uh, and and leave our preconceptions behind and and let Him be the one who frames what our our life is going to look mm-hmm. like. Uh, you know, it'll, uh, almost everybody I talk to, they graduate and they're 10 years out and they're like, it's good, but it's not what I thought it was going to yeah, be. You know, right. like he's not safe, but he's good. And, <laughs> right. uh, and, right. uh, you know, but there, but there's all kinds of twists and turns that, that we're going to go on. And often our plans are not God's plans. Yeah. But if we, if we're resilient, if we've, you know, if we've got kind of anti-fragile faith, yes. if, we're, if we're ready to be disi- to be real disciples, like it's it's all you know god always wins in the end and it's mm. always it's always for our best in the end uh and there's all and there's joy along the way mm. there's a lot of a lot of joy Absolutely. along the way with I the agree. hardship so
0: yeah. yeah yeah i think there's i think that a lot of times you know we, we we have like you talk about we have plans or we have dreams we have visions and there's nothing wrong with that but are our plans ordered by god you know are our steps ordered by god you know are our dreams and visions coming from god you know, or are they just ours? Right. I think a lot of times we're doing all this striving, 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 instead of asking the question—the old age question of, you know, where is God working, and how can I join Him? Yeah, yeah. and His work. Yeah. And it goes back to this Holy Spirit thing. You know, where is the Holy Spirit leading me instead of me striving? To which is which is sometimes a, if it's a very noble thing and we think it's a godly thing, we want to do great things for the kingdom of God. Where is god leading us by the spirit and where is he working just let's just go join him yeah
1: in yeah, that absolutely. process of his yeah yeah, yeah. and so a uh, lot you know just just seeking god staying staying close to god uh, being open to the spirit all of those uh all of those uh, kind of things are really really where it's at like lo- honestly like looking back at some of the stuff i did uh when i was younger like looking back like in being really brutally honest about it now I can see I can see God in there but I can also see there was a lot of my own ego yes and and yes. other things there was a lot of mixed motives you know and one of the great things, and Pride. like you, you you like you can either you can either voluntarily mm-hmm. uh, humble yourself and let God lift you up uh, if you don't, I've had times where God's just kind of beat me down, <laughs> and uh, He's like, "I'll show you one way or the other." Uh, Are you going to humble you know, yourself what, or what, what? God, yeah, yeah. You. Like one of the one way or the other, we're going to get humble. Yes. And so, uh, you know, I would, I would, uh, my advice would be like, go the voluntary route because it's yes, a much it's, less painful. It's but, much
0: yeah. less painful.
1: You know, but that. we're, we're. I'm at that point where it's like, you know, uh, I, I can recognize that and and uh, and just. For what it is and, uh, you know, and uh, try, well, I think we all worked out, out of, we all work out of mixed motives for like most of our lives, but I, I try to, I, I'm much more conscious of, of the difference between my will and God's will now than I used to be. I yeah, think. yeah, that's so good. Yeah.
0: I had, a, um, had a, a guy that used to work for me at Pineco Christian Camps, his name's Anthony Evans. He's Dr. Tony Evans's son. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Anthony used to work for me. And then he became a singer and songwriter and lives in Nashville and he's by the way to our listening audience go go get some of his stuff listen to his stuff on Spotify he's a phenomenal um, artist and and he, he's he does a phenomenal job of like giving Jesus the glory through his talents and he, he wrote a song called I choose now folks go listen to it I choose now and it's out of Philippians chapter 2 okay and he, and, he, and and this is the concept um, at some point Scripture tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Do you want to do that and be forced to do that on the other side of eternity, or do you want to choose to do it on this right, side of eternity? Because right. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> happen, it's gonna happen. He right. says, I choose to do this now. Yeah, that's I'm going good. That's to, good. I'm yeah. gonna bow my knee yeah. and I'm gonna confess with my tongue that Jesus is Lord I'm gonna do that now and not wait to be forced to do it right. later. So that's a good word. Yeah. Mike, yeah, so. so great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks. It's this so has much been, fun. This has been a
1: special surprise and blessing to be yeah. here. Yeah, so. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a
0: wrap. And boom. <laughs> boom. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys talking about ministry principles. We have over 70 years of ministry experience, and we'll see you next week.